goodness, we just should have kept that driving rhythm and I'll just dance a little bit up here for you. Um, that was great. Thank you all to the, to the worship team and the band and, and uh, the, the, the things you do to prepare each week to lead us in, in worship. Um, my name's Jason, Jason Graves. I'm one of the ministers here at Riverside. I'm filling in for Corey, our preaching minister, who's, who's this is really kind of cool. He's off uh, doing a wedding, performing a wedding in Atlanta this weekend for two of our newest members here, Ian and Savannah. And uh, we were praying God's blessings on that event that happened yesterday, but also praying God's blessings on their, their young marriage. We're, we're excited about that. Uh, last week, Corey kicked off a three-week sermon series that we're doing that we're, we're calling Blessed to be a Blessing. And he did that by reminding us of this incredible gift that we have, this incredible blessing that we have from God that's, that is the, the light of Christ in our hearts that shines through our brokenness out to the world. And he also shared the idea, and it's an idea I want us to kind of hold on to for a minute today and maybe dig a little deeper in. The idea that often in the Bible, when God offers a blessing, it comes with an invitation and a promise, an invitation and a promise. I want to kind of, kind of, kind of dig into that a little bit today. But before I do that, I want us to take a minute to recognize something, okay? <clears throat> we are able to gather in this room right now and do what we're doing, this thing that we call worship. Uh, we were able to fellowship together, uh, have conversations and get to know each other. We're able to do this because of perhaps the most mind-boggling gift that God has given us. A blessing that if I think about it too long, it makes my brain hurt, right? That's the gift of life. God has given us breath in our bodies. He's given us these brains that do incredible things. He's given us life. We did not have to exist, but we do because he's chosen to create us. It, it really is mind-boggling that we even exist. One of my favorite authors, Frederick Buechner, uh, who died a couple of weeks ago, actually uh, said it this way many years ago. He says, the grace of God means something like, and then he imagines God saying these words, here is your life. You might never have been, but you are. Because the party wouldn't have been complete without you. I like that. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Nothing can ever separate us. Thinkers, scientists, philosophers for, for thousands of years have tried to figure out what's that mystery, what's the essence of life? What does it mean to be alive? And I don't pretend to have the answers uh, to all that, but I do believe that life is a gift that we've been given. And that begs the question, okay, I've been given this incredible blessing of life, now what do I do with it? That's right. I am starting my sermon with what is the meaning of life? Okay, we're, we're, we're gonna shoot for it today. We're going, we're going big. And I don't promise an exhaustive answer to that, uh, but maybe the beginnings of, a, of an answer. And to do that, I wanna to go to the beginning, to the beginning of the world, uh, but also to the beginning of the Bible, the, the first two chapters, Genesis chapters one and two, paint these beautiful pictures of God speaking 
into the, the, the vastness and the chaos of nothingness. And somehow with his words creating light and then land and sky and day and night. And eventually he creates these animals. And he does something crazy when he creates the animals. He blesses them. First blessing in the Bible, by the way. He blesses the animals. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. Right, here's life. Now go do something with it. Go live more life. Go. And he keeps, he keeps creating. And then he creates humankind. And this time it's special. It says that he, he gives humankind his image, the image of God. And he gives, chapter two says, his breath, the breath of life. And then he gives them a blessing, gives us a blessing. Sounds similar. Be fruitful and multiply. Here's life. Now go do something with it. But he adds something else on top of it, right? He, he says, now go lead. Go lead all these things that I've, uh, that, that, that I've given you, that I've created. Be stewards of that. And he gives them this responsibility. He invites them into his work in the world, which is a great invitation. But pretty quick, we figure out that, that humans aren't great at living life the way God created it to be lived. Um, we, we tend to mess it up. We tend to grab onto life, to grab onto that blessing and want to do with it what we want to do with it. We want to make it ours. And that's what happens. And it creates this tension between God and his people. And that, that tension is strong and, and, and pride creeps in and sin creeps in and brokenness comes in to the picture. And, and God eventually gives them over to those impulses. Let's them, uh, let, let's them go and says, okay, I'm going to have to hand you over to this in, in what the, the Bible calls a curse. But God doesn't give up. And the story of the rest of the Bible becomes God trying to teach his people how to live the life he's given them the way he created it to be lived. Over and over again, he tries to teach them and, and they, you know, they, they'll get it for a little while. And then along comes something else they think is good and they'll turn from him. And then he'll, he'll give them another chance and then they'll, they'll do good for a little while and we get this cycle, right? So finally, God does something astounding. He steps into the story. He becomes a human in the form of Jesus. Not just to show us how to live life the way he created it to be lived but to, to make it possible for us to do so. So the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus overcomes the curse, overcomes sin, overcomes the power of death. And now we're given this opportunity to live life to the fullest, the way God wants. I love how John chapter one says this. It says, in the beginning, the word, here that means Jesus, already existed. The word, Jesus, was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. 
The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Then verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, new life. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Well, he says grace upon grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. <laughs> okay, I know we've done a lot of scripture, a lot of theology right here in the first few minutes of this. Let me pull a thread here. Um, and reflect on that just, just a little bit. God has blessed us with the gift of life. And we haven't always known what to do with that. But in Jesus, he gives us the chance to live life to the fullest. To live the kind of life God always planned for. And, and here's what I think that means from reflecting on that. Through God, or through Jesus, God has invited us to be part of his creative and life-giving work in the world. We believe that God is still at work in the world. That, that he is giving life to the people that, that need that, that new life. That, that he's creating. He's creating all kinds of things that we get to witness him do. And he's invited us to be part of that. And I think that's what it means to be blessed. To be blessed is to, to, to be prepared to be part of that work. God, when he blesses us, he gives us a part of himself, gives us something of himself and invites us to be part of what he's doing. And that's all the blessings that we have. That's our time, that's our treasures, that's our talents, that's our spiritual gifts. All those things are given to us so that we could be part of what God's doing in the world. Now, now, let me explain to you why I think that's true from my own experience and see if it washes with yours, okay? So when I reflect on the gifts and the, and the blessings that I have, those did not come to me uh, in a vacuum. God did not plop down in front of me one day with a big basket of me, right? And go like, okay, here's your stuff. Here's your talents, here's your treasures, here, here's, your, here's your things, now go do something with this. That's not how he works. Most of the, the blessings that I've been given have been passed down to me, have been taught to me, have been honed and sharpened in me, have been inspired in me by other people. God works through community. And other people in my life, I could give you a list. I could give you a list of people who, who have done that, who have helped create blessings in me, who've helped create me, form me, shape me. God has worked through other people to do that. And I'm sure you have a list as well. 
that you can think about the people that God has used to create something, to create blessings in your life. God blesses, let's put this together, right? God blesses other people who then choose to bless me and now I've got a choice. We can become what, what, uh, what the author Mark Batterson calls cul-de-sacs of blessings. I like that. You're dead ends of blessings, right? We can hoard all these blessings and we can kind of keep them together and use them to serve ourselves. It's something I think we do more than we even know. But we can do that. We have a choice to do that. But the problem is, if we do that, I don't think we're living life the way we were created to. I don't think we're living it to its fullest. But the other option is, as Batterson says, we can become cul-de-sacs or we can flip the blessing. We can, we can take the blessings that have been given to us and use those to bless other people. We can pass those things on. One of my favorite things that happens to me as a minister, every, I don't know, a few times a year, a family will find me and they'll come up to me and they'll say, okay, uh, we know that so-and-so needs some financial help right now. We want to give anonymously. So will you give this to them? And they'll hand me an envelope or they'll say, we want to give anonymously to somebody. We don't know who to give to. Can you find somebody? And they'll hand me an envelope incredible amount of trust to hand me that. Um, I never open the envelope. I know what's in it. It's cash, usually a lot of it. My job, literally, my sole job in this interaction is to be the delivery man. I take the envelope from one hand and I go to somebody else and I give that to that person. I may say a few words, but that's it. I'm the delivery guy. But even being the delivery guy, I have gotten to witness God's creative power. I've gotten to see him do some amazing things. Just being the delivery person. Because almost every time that envelope is an answer to prayer. Almost every time that envelope is the exact right amount of money at the exact right time. I get to watch God create. I get to see him create in the heart of the giver more generosity, uh, more trust, more empathy. I get to see him create in the heart of the recipient more gratitude, more trust in, in God's provision because you just provided, right? And then me, the delivery guy, I see him create in me inspiration to give more in my life. I see him create an openness to be part of more life-giving moments like that. Just this small moment of secret giving that happens every year. And I see God do amazing things through that. Think about the other things that he wants to do, that he wants to use us in. What's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? I think part of that answer is being conduits of the blessings of God. Conduits, being stewards, being delivery people, whatever, whatever phrase, whatever metaphor you want to use, we are the, 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 thorough, the, the thoroughfare. What am I looking for? I don't even know. We're the freeway. We're the, we're the way that this goes from one place to another, right? We have that opportunity to use the blessings that we've been given 
to bless other people. And when we do that, we get to see God create. And I don't know if that word's really communicating. I, I hope you know what I mean when I say watch him create. I have seen him do amazing things when people were willing to use their blessings to bless other people. I've seen him create community and relationship where it looked like none could happen. I've seen him create moments of forgiveness. I, mean, I can't think of anything that looks more like the kingdom of God than forgiveness. I've seen him create conviction in the hearts of people. I've seen him create deeper trust in him. All of that because people were willing to trust him and to use the blessings they've been given not to serve themselves, but to serve other people. There's something else that, that happens in all this. It's not just other people that grow and are blessed. As we bless others, we continue to be blessed so that we can bless others. But we continue to be blessed. We continue to grow. A few weeks ago, I was teaching a class uh, here, and I was trying to give an example of somebody in my life who blesses me. And so I started talking about a friend of mine here at Riverside. Um, I didn't name the person. Uh, I just, I, I said, this person, I don't even think they know they do it. But every time I talk to them, somewhere in the conversation, they bless me with their words. They say something encouraging or a, a word of blessing or challenge even, for me as a man of God or a father or a husband or a, a minister. And it's such a blessing. Every time it happens, it stands out to me. I didn't name the person. I didn't even state their gender. After class, uh, my friend David, sitting back here in the back, comes up to me and says, hey, when you were talking about the person that blesses you with their words, were you talking about so-and-so and named the person <laughs> Got it right. I went, wow. David knew who it was because he'd experienced from the same person what I described. And from just my words, he could point out who that was. And I want to be like that. So I went to that person and I told them the story. And they did exactly what I thought they would do. <laughs> they graciously accepted the compliment. And then they gave all the credit to God. And they said, I have grown in this. As I've been willing to bless people more, God has given me uh, more things to say, more words of blessing to the point that this person doesn't even know they're doing it anymore. It just happens. God works through them. I want to be there. I want to open my life to the point that God continues to bless others through me. I think that's what spiritual growth really is. We talk about what's you know, spiritual growth. I think it's when we open our lives enough for God to continue to work through us. When we use the blessings he's given us to bless others, we start to see more of it happen in our lives. I think that's what, what growth means. It's a beautiful truth that as we bless others, God continues to bless and grow us. Church, would you please stand? Now, before I make this sound too rosy, I've got to put some caveats on it, okay? Uh, if you know me, you know, I just got to do that. Uh, living a life of blessing others is not always easy. Number one, because we don't get to control 
how our blessings impact the life of another person. We don't do the creating. God does the creating. We're just called to faithfully give of our blessings. And then watch what God does with it. But we like to be in control, right? And the second thing that's hard is that um, often we are called to bless others through sacrifice. And that's not always easy for us. And the third thing is, I guarantee you, if you haven't already, you are gonna be called to bless somebody you don't want to bless. Jesus says that to his, his, uh, his disciples. He says, hey, love your enemies, bless your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. That had to be hard to hear. So giving a life of blessing isn't always easy, but remember something. A blessing comes with an invitation, the invitation into the, the work of God, the creative work of God, and a promise. And the promise is this, that God will not leave you. Even in those moments of hard, uh, of hard blessing or of hard giving, God will not leave you. I love the way that Jesus says this to his disciples in John chapter 15. He's, he's talking about himself uh, as a vine. He says, I'm a vine. And if you're connected to me, then you produce fruit. Be fruitful and multiply. You remember the first blessing? Part of that blessing. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things, hear these words, so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. I hope you hear the promises there. If we remain in him, he remains in us. He wants our joy to overflow. Now, if, 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 you've, if you've not known Jesus, if you've not taken him on in baptism, if you've not started that journey with him, uh, we would love to talk to you about that. Myself or our shepherds will be around after, after uh, worship. We would love to talk to you about that. We would love to see you start that, uh, that journey. For those of us who have followed Jesus for any number of years who, uh, who, who claim to be disciples of Jesus, here's my prayer for all of us today that we become people of blessing. Blessed people who bless other people. Not for our own sake. Not so that people can see us as nice or good. Not to try to earn our way to heaven. Not to try to follow a bunch of rules. No, so that we can be part of God's healing power in this world. May your joy increase. May your generosity increase and may your blessings increase as you learn to bless others. Let's worship together.